Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. A few weeks ago, a very special person came to dinner at our home, Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. Before greeting the other guests, Nancy and I talked together about food and politics, food and family, food and her Italian-American childhood, and being the mother of five children. We also spent quite a lot of time talking about our shared passion for chocolate ice cream. Is it seven? What time is it? Is it seven? Okay, well, they want us to go. Not time to eat yet, but... Uh (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Can't wait. Tonight we're having two chocolate desserts. I saw that. Okay. I was thinking that I could make that my whole meal. Yeah, exactly. But I won't. husband and I got married, we lived in New York. Now New York, for me, when I was a young girl, a child, really, our family would go to New York regularly. We'd go to plays, we'd go to dinner, all that. New York was like heaven. Mm. So here we were, young, married, in Manhattan. Paul was working, but we didn't have children yet, the first year. And what kind of restaurants would you seek out? We had, shall we say... Champagne taste and beer bottle purses. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd save them and go. We would go to the best restaurants as if we were entitled almost. Or we would just go to the neighborhood Italian-American yeah. restaurant in New York or something or the corner place to have whatever it was. Yeah. But New York was great because, for example, if you wanted to have chopped chicken livers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. the best place in the world for chopped mm. chicken. You know, anything you wanted, the best was there. Mm. Carry out, that would be. But yeah. we were largely into dining out. Yeah. Then we had children, and then it was more then bringing more. home. And, and so when you when you were bringing up the children, did you follow your mother's footsteps? Did you have somebody helping no, you? No, no, we had no help. None. I mean, that was a different world. Mm. When you have five children in six years, Help doesn't come anywhere near your house. Mm. They take de- detours. Oh, so you mean help wouldn't come near you? Oh, my or, gosh. Yeah. No. Yeah, they, why would they? Yeah. They could go work with somebody with one child <laughs> or two children. <laughs> why would they go to work with yeah. somebody with five children? So how did you do it, Nancy? What, it was intense. It? it was yeah. intense, but I would love to do it all over Don't again. Think, it was the I most mean, yeah. glorious thing. You lived in an apartment in New York? Or did, was that time you were in San Francisco? We were, no, we were in, well, we had four children in New York. We did. We left New York. We had four children. The oldest was four. And we had a lovely apartment in Beekman Place. Yeah. And then we moved to San Francisco and had a 
a big home. I mean, yeah. we didn't realize how small our apartment was until we moved into a home in San Francisco, and that was lovely. And then we had our fifth child there. And how did you cook for five children? Did you both cook? Did you cook? How did you feed them? Healthily. Yeah. Healthy. They'll yeah. not say that I was a great cook. I mean, it was standard fare. And then as they got older, I just got tired of washing pots and pans. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to wash any more pots and pans. So I developed a a practice where I would go to like um, someplace like MacArthur Park, which was a restaurant then, that had the greatest ribs. Mm. Okay, Or we'd go to La Roca's, which was a seafood place. I would go to Chinatown, Peking Duck, and I would make a salad, and I would bring home this food. Now, it wasn't strictly carry-out like hmm. fast yeah, it food. Yeah. It was delicious yeah, it was food, food from these restaurants. Yeah. We had this meal, linens, salad. So when I went to Congress, my youngest daughter, Alexandra, she said, Mother, I'm so proud of you because you're a pioneer. I said, really, because I'm a woman member of Congress? She said, no. Remember when you used to cook and then you stopped? Well, now a lot of people stop cooking, yeah. but you were the first to stop. Oh, good. That's good. That You, you, said, a, you said a yeah, pioneer. Oh, it is a liberation, isn't it? It can be creative cooking. It can be exciting. It can be relaxing, I think. Yeah, and it's but can be a family you, affair. Yeah. I mean, it's a lovely thing. But three times every, a day, exactly, every day. Exactly. And, if, and with five children, yeah. five will get you ten every yeah, time because yeah. they bring. So sure. it's a, a thing. Yeah. But the pots got me. The pots yeah. and pans that yeah. got me. So you got you got. Some help. <laughs> I think that's good. And then the children got older. You then became more and more involved in politics and participating. Once they were in school all day. Uh, mm-hmm. How did food fit into that life? I mean, how did it fit into working and being a working mother? Well, the children would call it child labor, but we would have many events at our home mm. all the time, mm. and we always had food. You know, we, the, the Democrats, it was about people coming together, people come. So we would always have food so that kids would help prepare. Mm. And they say to this day, you know, for every salmon on a bagel, we'd eat one and put one on the mm. tray, and mm. you know, these little ones. And when we would have dinners... I hope none of our guests hear this, but here's how we would do it. Say we have, like, many, many people coming to dinner. Once we had nearly 200, we had a big house. Mm. We bought one of those pools, you know, those little pools that children, you Mm. inflate it, fill it with water, you wash the lettuce in there. Then you put it in a pillowcase, tie a knot in it, and you put it on the spin cycle. Yeah, the spin. In the dishwasher. In the dishwasher. No, in the washing machine. The washing machine. The washing machine. We have to be very careful because sometimes I would tell people when they get it mixed up, they put it in the dryer. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> had to be in the spin cycle of the washing machine and come out crispy. You have to have a big thing to wash the lettuce in, though. And then... Spin cycle. Have any of your children taken on that uh, recipe for a salad? No, I don't think so. I think that they don't entertain 100 people at a time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Help helps is a maxim I believe in. We all carry around stress and hardship. 
and when we keep it inside, it starts to chip away. Therapy is a safe place, and therapy is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash Ruthie today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ruthie. Betterhelp.com slash Ruthie. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I think shopping is a hard thing to do, don't you think? Getting the shopping done. Well, we have a little motto. If I don't have to shop for it, cook it, or clean it up, I'm all in for it, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not your life. Cooking is very important. It's an art. I remember fascinating my grandchildren by having them put a mountain of flour, each had their mountain of flour, Break eggs in that, mix it up, blah, 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 this, that, and that, let it sit, roll it out, neat, you know, put it through the machine and in the pot of water, and they're eating pasta that was a mound of flour with an egg in the middle. They had their own individual mound. I think about cooking in a restaurant, I say, people say to me, How can you cook for 200 people when I can't cook for eight? And I go, I don't think I can cook for eight. It's much harder, you know, because in a restaurant, it's so collaborative. You have somebody chopping the parsley and somebody helping you pick the crab. I think for a lot of people, cooking at home is a performance, and you know, and it's quite hard to entertain. You feel that you are being judged, or is it good enough? Or Well, is it hot? <laughs> That's the whole thing. And is it hot? Keeping it hot. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that yeah. was it. Well, that's a challenge in a restaurant, too. And so what about the Washington, moving from... San Francisco is a very food city. Oh, fabulous. I mean, you have Alice Walters, you had Judy yes, Rogers, Alice. you have women chef, you have so many yeah. different types of food. So was it a big wrench going from such a food city to Washington? Let me just say, I live in San Francisco. I work in Washington. Okay. And I was always working because San Francisco is three hours 
earlier. Mm. So when other people might go out to dinner, it was mm. four, at 7 o'clock. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. in San Francisco. So I was really always working. And people would say, what's a good restaurant? I mean, I'm the worst person to ask. Yeah. But there are some wonderful restaurants in, in Washington, Washington that I can yeah. now and look forward to, you know, just putting work on the shelf. What do, you and like just enjoy. When, what do you like about a restaurant? What do you look for in a restaurant? Is it the food? Is it the welcome? Is it the... Decor. What, what, well, first what and foremost, it's the food. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and it's very, very important that there be a tablecloth. The tablecloth is not only a tablecloth. Mm. It's absorbed sound. Mm-hmm. So it's a little calmer mm. you know, when you have that. Mm. Now, there are many restaurants that don't have tablecloths that are wonderful mm. restaurants. But I'm always happy when I have a tablecloth mm. still at mm. this point in life. And I especially still like Italian food, mm. but of course I like French. I like all, you know, good food, just like music. They're all different kinds of music from classical to rap, whatever. Just as long as it's good, yeah. it's good. And same thing with food. Well, we have California, we have, you know, the Mexican influence. We have the, we have every kind of food you can imagine in the world in San Francisco. So and you have great beautiful. farms. And food. I think Alice has done great. Oh my gosh, she's the farm to the table. She's a um, force, you know. That's, I mean, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's fabulous in every yeah. way. Do you ever work in a restaurant? Would you take somebody out and work over dinner, or do you find that you kind of work when you work and you eat when you eat? I like just to enjoy dinner. Now, maybe that's being Italian. I don't know. I'm a big believer in putting things on the shelf. Mm-hmm. There's an expression in Latin, age quadragis, do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're dining, if you're eating, and then even if it means you have to split the t- I'm eating now and I'll work then, mm. but I don't want to do them together. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since sometimes your conversations can become uh, contentious. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean in a negative way, but it's sure. like, why am I talking about this now? Yeah. I'm trying to eat my dinner. And what about how... Does food fit into your work life? Do you stop always for lunch? Do you have a sandwich at your desk? Do you? Does it depend food, on the day? My work, no food. Well, I have a salad maybe at my desk, but like on Wednesdays, I have now for a long time now. It's been a pickup lunch for my members. Uh, I wish that I could be having them for dinner more and mm. stuff, but we really can't because of COVID for mm. a long time. Mm. And some of the restaurants that would be able to handle that scale mm. just don't even exist anymore. I mean, mm. you know, there are, are, some of them have moved on. But food the food is not an important part of my yeah, life in not. D.C. Yeah, I in D.C. Yeah. yeah. And when you travel, do you look forward to having a state dinner or lunch? Is it something that you think about on your foreign trips? What did you have for lunch today in London? Today we had a beautiful lunch hosted by the Speaker of the House Hoyle. It was lovely in every way. And uh, he told me that they have a cook there at the House of Commons. And it was beautiful in every way. It was a lovely, lovely dining experience. It wasn't just eating lunch. It was a dining experience. Yeah, how many of you were there? Gosh, maybe one table, probably... At least 40 people at the table, big, long table. Beautiful, beautiful flowers, beautiful food. It was, it was lovely. That's and that's what's London's come a long way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from when we would come here when we were young, yeah. and now 
You have everything. Yeah. You yeah. have everything. Yeah, there's Beautiful. really, really good restaurants in, in London. Yeah. Well, I really we want were, you, where were you last night? Last night we were at Ivy. Oh, good. Was that, that good? was nice. I yeah. love Scott's. Yeah. And yes. we have to get you to the River Cafe. Oh, yeah. And I love the River Cafe, too. You I've have, been there. Yes. Have you come to my restaurant? Long time. Well, I think back. we have to get you. We're closed on Sunday night, so you're forgiven for last mm-hmm. night. <laughs> but we would love you to come. <laughs> and I um, like Woolsey because it has a lot of chocolate. Of course, we love it. Uh, chocolate. chocolate. They it do. They have a lot of chocolate cho- at yeah. Woolsey. That's why I go there. I mean, yeah. one of the reasons. It's a I great think. restaurant. No, I think mm-hmm. London has definitely, um, there's so many different types again different types of restaurants and that's one of the heartbreaking things about brexit you know is that we want to encourage different cultures and being open and uh that's something we we mustn't mustn't forget this is neil strauss host of the tenderfoot tv true crime podcast to live and die in l.a I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We share values. We share concern for inequality, the fact that there are children who are going to bed hungry in, in Britain and in the United States that we know that during the pandemic, certainly in this country, schools shut a lot of children. That was their main meal. And so being in a position of, of influence and policy, what do you feel about the question of child hunger, of, of hunger? Yes, well, you know, homeless yeah. people queuing up for food. Well, I always say to members of Congress, know your why. 
Uh, tell people your why. Why do you think you should be in Congress? What has motivated you? And my why, why I went from the kitchen to the Congress, from housewife to house speaker, was that one in five children in America goes to sleep hungry at night. That I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I mean, it was just that we had five children, and you think one of these children will not have food, will, not, will go to sleep hungry at night in America. Now, and take it globally, and it's sinful. It's sinful any place. It's, it's uh, immoral. And that was my motivation. Is, and all that that implied, if they were hungry, they weren't learning to their capacity, they were not feeling that their needs were being met, and their, their families were just um, not able to meet their families' needs. And it is a kitchen table issue for some families. Are they going to be able to put food on the table, pay the rent, pay the utility bill, pay for their children to go to school if that required some payment? So the food issue, the one in five children living in poverty, going to sleep hungry at night, was my why. And so we all, every step of the way, have worked for policy to alleviate that, to, to not only supply food, food programs, lunch programs and that, but also to improve the standard of living of people so that they didn't have to choose between paying the rent or feeding their children a dinner or Mm. taking a a turn eating. Mm. And when you went into Congress, I just will say, was it one in five how many years ago? And And it's still the same. It's still the same. And that's really what's so tragic because Mm. no matter how you try to do it, one thing and another yeah. All kinds of things come along. My Also, when I went to Congress, it was to fight HIV-AIDS. Mm. And that was my first speech on the floor of the House was about AIDS. So you have all these challenges. And right now, with COVID, when we're talking about the Southern Hemisphere, and the people are like, mm. I have to worry about feeding my family mm. before I mm. worry about mm. what else is mm. going on in the world. And it's mm. still a challenge. It shouldn't be. And again, it's, it isn't even an issue. It's a value. It's an ethic. It's a value that goes way back. The concern, you know, for looking after children is something that is just ages old. It's something that is a principle for forever. And in a way, it was very much feeding your children and taking care of them. And then we became, as we advanced, we knew that we had to also educate them and we also had to treat them in a certain way, we had to love them, we had to, you know, show them different environments, but that that we still haven't achieved the feeding of children mm-hmm. is horrific. And when you think of it, uh, Ruthie, when you think that when we're raising our own children, it's about nutrition mm. and, you know, feeding the right thing, and then these other children, yeah. that we have uh, urban deserts in terms mm. of of. You go to the store and it's all processed food. It's not fresh vegetables or fresh fish, this, that, and the other thing. So these children are not even getting the nutrition, even if they're getting fed. And adults, you know, Steve McQueen, the director, told me that he was in Chicago and there were no vegetable stores in, in poor areas. So it's it's something that we all need to keep working well, yeah, on. But just for one example, um, in Flint, Michigan, when they had the water yeah. crisis, it gives me chills just to even think about what it meant for those children. Mm-hmm. They were drinking water that was yeah. harmful to yeah. them. 
But not only that, it hurt their development in the rest. And we had scientists and doctors who would come to us and say, the only way out is for these children to have fresh fruit and vegetables and, you know, all this. And if you go there, there might be one store someplace that might not be near where they are, whatever it is, that would supply that. Now, we're getting a little more informed that you have to have stores that are farmers markets and things like mm. that where people can get fresh fresh food but it is directly related to the development of their brains yeah. and this is how we should judge a society and the value mm-hmm. we place in the future of our children yeah. so it's not only a value it's an art it's this an art. the art it's, it's an, an art. art the art it's of cooking art. the is. art of making it and that's what i was going we're coming they're all waiting for us upstairs but before we do go upstairs and eat and talk and greet the people who are all waiting for you in London, I would say that we agree that food is values, food is an art, food is family, food is memories. It it is also comfort. Mm -hmm. And there's a food, and I can probably guess what your answer is going to be, but there is a food that we turn to when we just need comfort. And Nancy Pelosi, my friend, (laughs) what would be your comfort food? Ice cream. (laughs) Dark, very dark. Dark. (laughs) (laughs) The older I get, the darker the ice cream. (laughs) I wouldn't say that you were ever predictable, but I did predict that answer. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Thank you. To visit the online shop of the River Cafe, go to shoptherivercafe.co.uk. River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.